even know how I feel. I don't even know how I deal. Today I really hate everybody. And that's just me being real. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Jones Chronicles. I'm your host, Christina. Last week we teased Alistair Crowley and I thought why don't we delve into the man himself and then into a cult that was inspired by the man's teachings. I did put out a poll on Twitter, got just about the right amount of responses as I expected, but more historical or more crazy, wild, true stories of people and more cults was what the subject matter was requested and here we are as always my sources will be listed below one caveat from learning is a little bit of news. Did you know that the American government are confiscating Russian oligarchs yachts and they're worth millions of dollars and harboring them costs us, the taxpayers, millions of dollars? Can someone explain why we're not auctioning that shit off? Blackercouch at gmail.com if you have any ideas or something I am not aware of with regard to the whys behind this other than being petty. But it's not petty when you're paying for it. On to Alistair Crowley. Not Crowley because it's very easy for me to want to say that since I'm very fond of of the Good Omens character. Alistair Crowley is a self-proclaimed drug and sex fiend. He was one of the most influential occult practitioners of the 20th century. He was the leader of the cult Ordo Templis Orientis or OTO. Edward Alistair Crowley was born on the 12th of October 1875 at Leamington Spa. His parents were members of the Plymouth Brethren, a strict Christian sect. Oh Lord. Again. A fucking again. Nothing new, nothing changed, same old shit. Same old fucking shit. This upbringing meant Crowley had a thorough biblical education and an equally thorough disdain of Christianity. Crowley's father was heir to a brewing fortune, so here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. The perfect ingredients for a self-proclaimed <laughs> Messiah-type figure. Because he has all of the leisure, self-loathing, and money to indulge his own ideas. In 1900, Carly left England to travel extensively, extensively throughout the East, returning in 1906. 
As a mountaineer, Crowley honed his skills on cliffs in Great Britain before taking part in pioneering attempts to climb Earth's second and third highest mountains, K2 and Kanchenjunga. The K2 expedition of 1902 reached an elevation of 18,600 feet, while the Kanchenjunga expedition three years later was marred by tragedy when four of Crowley's fellow climbers were killed in an avalanche. Do you say avalanche or avalanche? Both of them feel as if they're not naturally coming off of my tongue. (laughs) It was said that Crowley, who had advised them against taking the fatal route, ignored cries for help from the survivors of the accident because if you don't listen, then I suppose your fate is deserved. I'm a thought. I'll own it. I'm not ashamed. It sounds pretty callous, but I feel as if when you decide you want to take on nature and it wins, when you shouldn't have been picking a fight with that type of death and destruction waiting for you, there is less sympathy for what happens. And to be fair to him, what was he supposed to do? I'm gonna go out there and save you (laughs) so that I could be dead too settling more or less permanently in England in 1929 Crowley's unorthodox beliefs and practices which included the use of sex and drugs in occult rituals led to considerable sensational and hostile comment in the press every time there's a cult there's always an exploitation of sex and drugs as rituals when in fact it just makes people more vulnerable to the appetites primarily of men crowley then made himself known as quote the great beast in association with the number 666 which he deemed had great significance for him he also adopted the epithet of the quote wickedest man in the world end quote a title which he greatly enjoyed and took pains to foster his image as portrayed by the press so there's some narcissism going on some megalomania crowley maintained a vigorous sex life with women largely with female prostitutes from whom he caught the thing called syphilis but eventually he took part in same-sex activities despite their illegality he's pulling his cock out this is part of why i do the podcast to try to speak better (laughs) to express myself and learn how to stumble through my words and try to make a coherent a coherent uh essay so to speak via my voice in the city he continued experimenting with sex magic through the use of masturbation female prostitutes and male clients of a turkish bathhouse all of those encounters were documented in his diaries crowley was intrigued by the rise of nazism in germany because of course he is and influenced by his friend martha 
Kunzel believed that Adolf Hitler might convert to Thelema. We will go more into detail regarding what the the Thema, Thelema, what they actually entailed, what those beliefs were. But the idea of teaming up with the Nazis were crushed when Nazis abolished the German OTO and imprisoned Germans who fled to the U.S. Crowley then lambasted Hitler as a black magician. Crowley advocated complete sexual freedom for both men and women, which have made him a bit of an icon. But really... It's like me wanting Bill Cosby to be my icon. Uh, I think the fuck not, you trick-ass bitch. Kind of feels like he was more in the sadism than... Maybe I got that word wrong. Because that feels more negative than what I'm trying to indicate. He was sexually fluid because he had a, I think, a, a true sex addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and like to get high and was not particular about how that sexual experience came about and with whom both critics of crowley and adherents to thelema have accused crowley of sexism booth described crowley as exhibiting quote a general misogyny something the biographer believed arose from Crowley's bad relationship with his mother. So see, these ideas don't line up with the the platform you try to put people on for the things that you yourself are trying to promote. His last notable achievement was the publication of the Book of Thoth in 1944, in which he interpreted a new tarot card deck called the Thoth that he had designed in collaboration with the artist Frida Harris. Crowley died in poverty and obscurity in an English rooming house in 1947, but after his death, as it most often happens sometimes in literature, he became a figure of fascination in pop culture, which leads us to John Jack white side parsons life which is all there in the biographies sex and rockets and strange angel the basis of a tv series of the same name kind of sounds like a rock band from the 70s possibly 80s there's other sources that you can look into sidebar my sources are listed below that i am reading from as i always do the explosion has been called an accident a suicide or an assassination depending on the source an obituary in the pasadena independent described parsons as quote a down-to-earth explosives expert who dabbled in necromancy end quote i am disgusted more recently, the New York Post went with, quote, this sex craig cultist was the father of modern rocketry, end quote. In the business, you deal with crazies. <laughs> I love how they completely uh, just downplayed everything else. <laughs> oh, he was just in the, the sex. It's, it's fine. Look what he did for society. 
let's not think about what else he did. Born in October 2nd, 1914, Jack Parsons was born Marvel Whiteside Parsons in Los Angeles. Despite or maybe because of the shelter that their money provided them, Jack's parents, Ruth and Marvel Sr., were pulled into the strange world of New Age spiritualism and occult beliefs that swept across LA at the turn of the century. Parsons died in 1952 while working on an explosive special effect for a movie in his home laboratory, which seems, you know, tragic, but not too much of a reason to be remembered to history. Let's continue. Ruth discovered that Marvel Sr. was a philanderer. She outed him, exposing how he'd been visiting a local sex worker around the time leading up to and following Jack's birth. But the breaking point in the relationship is when she found out he was having an affair with her own sister, Sarah. Get the fuck out my house! Jack was an only child and like so many only children, spent a lot of time alone. Parsons was considered effeminate as a child in adult life, he exhibited an attitude of machoism. His FBI file described him as, quote, potentially bisexual, and he once expressed experiencing a latent homosexuality. With a big imagination and the urge to experiment driving him, Jack became fascinated by the stories of Jules Verne and what he read in the pulp magazine, Amazing Stories. Parsons struggled in school. It has been assumed, not without evidence, that Parsons had undiagnosed dyslexia. And frustrated, his mother sent him to Brown Military Academy for boys in San Diego because the military will definitely straighten him out. There, Parsons gained an affinity for blowing up toilets with his homemade compounds. Parsons graduated from university school in 1933 and moved with his mother and grandmother to a more modest house on St. John Avenue, where he continued to pursue his interest in literature and poetry. He enrolled in Pasadena Junior College with the hope of earning an associate's degree in physics and chemistry, but dropped out after one term because of his financial situation and took up permanent employment at the Hercules Powder Company so far so normal parsons met helen northrup at a local church dance and proposed marriage in july 1934. she accepted and they were married in april 1935 at the little church of flowers in forest lawn memorial park glendale before undertaking a brief honeymoon in san diego they moved into a house on South Terrace Drive, Pasadena, while Parsons got a job at the explosives manufacturer, Halifax Powder Company's facility in Saugus. Much to Helen's dismay, Parsons spent most of his wages funding the Gaussit Rockets Research Group. Jack and Helen were eventually initiated into the AGAP, or AGAP, Lodge, the renamed Church of Thelema in February 1941. They were in deep, especially Parsons, and now you're seeing where the connective tissues are between him and our aforementioned Alistair Crowley. 
From Thelema's The Book of Law, I give you three axioms or tenets central to this belief system. The statement of primary importance to Thelema, the law of Thelema, quote, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, is supplemented by a second follow-up statement, quote, love is the law, love under will, end quote. These two statements are generally believed to be better appreciated or better understood by considering a third statement, which is, quote, every man and every woman is a star. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, meaning that adherents of the Thelema, uh, they really want me to keep saying this word, Thelema, should seek out and follow their true path, i.e. find or determine their true will. Quote, every man and woman is a star is a reference to the body of light said by Plato to be composed of the same substance as the stars and that persons doing their wills or thereby like stars in the universe occupying the time and position in space yet distinctively individual and having an independent nature largely without undue conflict with other stars. Love is the law, love under will, i.e. the nature of the law of the Lima is love, but love itself is subsidiary to finding and manifesting one's authentic purpose or mission. He, Parsons, and Crowley began to write each other and explore deeper meanings in Thelemic beliefs, and Parsons went as far as to send Crowley money he eventually became so, uh, seriously dependent on. Keep in mind, this man died in poverty while parsons donating the bulk of his salary to crowley and the lodge's endeavors are with that and recruiting new people into the church his personal life was starting to fall apart helen left their home for a while frustrated with jack's endeavors and jack spurred on by the lodge's sexually permissive rules started dating helen's 17 year old sister sarah the coincidence there is a little uncanny when helen came back sarah said she was jack's new wife since he found sarah more sexually appealing over his current wife and helen decided to start dating someone else with whom she would eventually have a child the two couples remain friends, however, because I suppose blood is thicker than whoever the fuck we're having sex with. All of this was fine with the rules of Thelema and, of course, under Crowley's watchful eye. Parsons co-founded a company called Allied Enterprises with Hubbard and Sarah, into which Parsons invested his life savings of $20,970. All these cults managed to take everything you have. Hubbard had secretly requested permission from the U.S. Navy to sell to China and South uh, and Central America on a mission to, quote, collect writing material, end quote. His real plans were for a world cruise. Left flat broke by this defrauding, Parsons was incensed when he discovered that Hubbard and Sarah, you know, the woman he married that was his wife's sister had left him <laughs> 
for Miami with the man that he got into the investment with $10,000 lighter. Parsons discovered that the couple had purchased three yachts as planned. They tried to flee aboard one but hit a squall and were forced to return to port. Parsons was convinced that he had brought them to shore through a lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram containing an astrological geomantic invocation of Bartzibal, a vengeful spirit of Mars. Allied Enterprises was dissolved and in a court settlement, Hubbard was required to promise to reimburse Parsons. Parsons was discouraged, however, from taking further action by Sarah, who threatened to report him for statutory rape since their sexual relationship took place when she was under California's age of consent of 18. (laughs) Told you this shit was going to get real interesting. Parsons was ultimately compensated with only $2,900. Hubbard, already married, by the way, to Margaret Grubb, bigamously married Sarah and went on to found Dianetics and Scientology. Oh. My. God. Parsons was employed by North American Aviation at Inglewood where he worked on the Navajo Missile Program. Parsons, however, was on the downslide. He was habitually using cocaine, amphetamines, peyote, mescaline, and opiates. I'm on that good cushion alcohol. He slept with multiple women and got at least one, the fiance of another lodge member, pregnant. She went on to have an abortion. Parsons tried to write poetry to add into the Lemic beliefs. And uh, you let me know how good or, or bad do you think he, he was? It's an excerpt from an untitled poem published in Parsons' ill-fated Oriflame journal. I hate Don Quixote. I live on peyote, marijuana, morphine, and cocaine. I never knew sadness but only a madness that burns at the heart and brain. That boy ain't right. The years between 1946 and 1952 were career-ending for Parsons. He was investigated again by the FBI and stripped of his security clearance because of his, quote, subversive character, which included his sexual promiscuity and black magic rituals at the lodge. Parsons returned to black magic occultism and now embarking on a sexual journey, mostly with sex workers, just like his good old friend Crowley. Parsons also began having visions based on his Thelemic beliefs, and he swore he embodied, quote, an entity named Valerian, Armilius al-Dijal, the Antichrist, who am come, uh, or I guess that's whom, have come to fulfill the law of the beast 666, end quote. So he's morphing into his idol. Parsons wrote prolifically during this time, but none of these writings were ever published. Can't think why. 
acquaintances during this time called parsons quote an authentic mad genius if i ever met one end quote on june 17th 1952 a day before their planned departure parsons received a rush order of explosives for a film set and began to work on it in his home laboratory an explosion destroyed the lower part of the building during which parsons sustained mortal wounds his right forearm was amputated his legs and left arm were broken and a hole was torn in the right side of his face despite these critical injuries parsons was found conscious by the upstairs lodgers he tried to communicate with the arriving ambulance workers who rushed him to the huntington memorial hospital where he was declared dead approximately 37 minutes after the explosion when his mother ruth learned of his death she immediately took a fatal overdose of barbiturates this is the end beautiful friend this is the end my only friend the end jesus christ and there you have it two interesting people the messiah that created the cult and one of the disciples that followed the thelemic beliefs but unfortunately it did not end in any type of happy conclusion both stories ended in abject failure when it comes to the human life experience what's the lessons here well you know don't fuck your wife's sister you know um generational trauma often does get repeated in the next generation and uh try to stay away from things that require you to give up everything (laughs) just to be accepted if you have to change who you are just to be involved or included then that is not the place you should be on a lighter note because that was pretty dark i like dark but on a lighter note despite inflation beating the living shit out of us with batons between 1980 and 2022 consumption poverty fell from 33.8 percent to six percent even though the official poverty rate indicated a drop by only 1.5 percentage points over that same period according to the researchers from university of notre dame consumption which measures what families are able to purchase in terms of food housing transportation and other goods and services offers a better indicator of economic well-being than income which can fluctuate for reasons unrelated to well-being so there's some there's some light at the end of the tunnel it's been real it's been fun it's been educational next week we'll talk about a man named thomas walker the world's uh most prolific bigamist 
and some other fun things that I think that you will enjoy. So if you have any ideas, topics, conversations, starters, blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, black girl magic.